This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. From nj.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Rutgers Rant, our Picks Pod edition for the Michigan State Week. I'd like to give you guys a glimpse into our lives as journalists. Uh, so we're in uh, Camp Randall Stadium. Uh, Rutgers is driving for a late touchdown, and Lanny and I are singing a little song. We're going, backdoor cover, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, as poor Fonseca just sits there shaking his head, knowing it was inevitable the Scarlet Knights would come back 12 and a half points. They lost by 11. I know I picked Rutgers to win, but Vegas doesn't care, baby. That's a win for you and I, Pat. We're back. That's it. We're back. Tied up at the top of the standings. You guys should uh, thank Luke Fickle every week for being a coward and not kicking a field goal as time expired. Because you know who would do that? James Franklin would cover the spread for his donors. Luke Fickle does not. That's why he will never win a national championship in Madison. And no, I'm not mad. You're mad. You're mad. Admit it. You're furious. You're free. You thought you were going to go per. You were thinking, I'm going perfect this year. I'm not going to miss one. And there you go. Now you're all tied up with us. Ha. Ah. Anyway, this week, well, Michigan State was it minus four and a half. We'll make that pick soon. Or is it five? What are we at now? I think it's five. And we can go either side of the. Uh, which side do you guys want to go on? What do you want to do, Pat? You decide. I think four and a half since yeah. it's at three. That's a good point. All right. Four and a half. We'll make those picks in a minute. We've got our favorite alumni game, Boomer versus Zoomer, all sorts of fun. Sounds like it's going to tell us about Minneapolis Basketball Media Day, but let's talk about Michigan State first. They are is playing at homecoming. Should be a big crowd, although rainy day in Piscataway. Look, I, I think everyone kind of expected when all of the turmoil hit with Michigan State that they'd go in the tank, and they really haven't. They haven't lost a lot of players, lost a couple, but not a big number of guys, as far as I can tell. Coming off a bye, they haven't quit, right? I mean, this... This is still a talented team that hasn't given up on the season. I would preface it by saying this. They haven't lost a lot of players, but the three-game losing streak, they have not looked like a good team. They've been, you know, routed in these games. Turnovers have been a huge a huge problem, and they're not playing the type of Michigan State football that, that they established uh, for a while. You know, last year you thought Rutgers could go into East Lansing and kind of run the ball all over that defense. This year, it seems like if there is a strong part of Michigan State this year, it's that front seven. So it could be another tough game running the ball, at least from my perspective. But yeah, I think overall they're spiraling, but it's not because they're losing players. It's just I think they've played some decent teams and they've maybe just lost a little luster. 
they they also run the ball pretty well too on the other side, right? Nate Carter second in the Big Ten in rushing. That's a bad, <laughs> not a great thing for the Scarlet Knights. But they're changing. Looks like they're changing quarterbacks. At least they're talking about potentially changing quarterbacks, which for me means they're changing quarterbacks. Um, what's the situation there offensively? I would call Michigan State in a very broad sense, just Rutgers on steroids in the sense that they are solid defensively and they are. God awful offensively, just looking at the numbers. To Pat's point, turnovers, huge issue with Noah Kim, the starting quarterback, which is why they're changing quarterbacks, despite their interim coach's desperate attempt to say, we're not going to tell you who the quarterback is, which implies that they're, right. like you said, yeah. like if you're not going to tell me that Noah Kim's starting, that means that he's not going to start. Pat, what do you got in the other guy? Do we know anything? Peyton Hauser, it's really interesting, actually. He played for one of the best high school teams in the country out of California, St. John mm-hmm. Bosco. So he was a big time recruit coming out of high school. Um, he hasn't played much this season, um, but he was a four star recruit, pretty highly touted guy. So he's more of a pocket passer, and uh, Kim can do a little bit more running and passing. But uh, Hauser's more of a traditional pocket passer. Rucker says they're preparing for both, and it won't matter who's who's the starter. Yeah, you would think, and this is always the the the, the Rucker the deal with Rutgers and and new quarterbackers or ba- or backup quarterbacks. You think, well, that's a good thing. They're going to play a guy who has no experience. This should be this should be good, and it's never good. I don't know why. Like it's, and I could. I mean, we're going back many many moons. It seems like every time a backup quarterback or someone gets into a game. I mean, I, I don't have to tell you the the Louisville situation. I mean, many, many times over the course of history, it just seems that way. I don't know if that's true, uh, but defensively, you would think the way Rutgers plays, they could get some pressure on get pressure on a young quarterback, force him into mistakes. This is obviously you mentioned earlier a team that turning turning over the ball a lot. That would be the game plan, I guess, or the the recipe to win this game easily. So what I would say on backup quarterbacks, because we talked about this earlier in the year. Rutgers obviously was able to overcome that with Virginia Tech, which had to play their backup quarterback, who's looked pretty decent in the games he played after Rutgers. I think there was like the lore of that comes in that 06 year, right? It wasn't like, didn't Pat White get hurt in the, in the West Virginia game? And yep. that, that was uh, Cincinnati. Didn't Cincinnati play the backup quarterback when they beat? Anyway, the point being that I'm not sure if Michigan State is even good enough for that curse to matter. Frankly, I think... Uh, yeah, they're going to pressure him a lot. They allow a decent amount of pressure on the quarterback. They turn the ball over a lot, which might be, I know I said this, like for the Wisconsin game, Rutgers needs their defense to start coming up with turnovers if their offense isn't going to be scoring points. And again, like Pat said, Michigan State has a decent defense, so it might be a hard day again for the Rutgers offense. And another sneaky, they haven't lost a lot of players to the portal. A very sneaky loss that might actually make a difference. Their starting long snapper is in the portal. Hmm. That, that sounds pretty, you know, the small detail, but I could totally see a bad snap or some mishap leading to a blocked punt or yep. what have you, or a you know a, a kick go go awry. Maybe not, but I could totally see if it's a tight game, that being the difference. Yep, and the and the Michigan State special teams have been bad from what I can from what I can tell as well. So and Rutgers is waiting. Rutgers is still waiting for that big play. We talked about it on Monday. The special teams have not been the typical Gray Channel special teams. Hey, maybe you're right. Maybe this is the week. Hundred percent. They're they're looking for that blocked kick or blocked punt, something. Special teams has always been such a great cog of Shiano's repertoire, and just haven't seen it this year. So, if there's a opponent to do it against, maybe it's Michigan State. You're right. Yeah. All right. So coaching wise, this should be. I mean, Rutgers should have the edge here in every way. I, mean, I get it. Harlan Barnett. That sounds like uh, a a character in a in a spy novel. Anyway, Harlan Barnett is your interim coach. 
in East Lansing, not a can not really a realistic candidate for that job. I don't think in any way, but sometimes the team rallies around uh, an interim coach. You see that happen in, in, in different scenarios. What do we know about him and what do, and who do you think is going to get that job? That's the, that's even a better question. Yeah, that's very fascinating. I think the Michigan state faithful has gone through the stages of belief that urban Meyer is coming to save the program. I think that hope no. is dead. Yes. Yeah. I, I think urban Meyer would be brain dead to leave his cushy TV job to get maybe the third or fourth best job he's ever had in his career. I don't know who's going to replace them. I I get your, what you're saying, rally around the assistant coach. They're coming off a bye, so maybe he's had some time to implement some changes. Uh, I think the way they've played under him so far proved that the all the rallying in the world isn't going to make a difference when they just haven't been good enough. I know Pat Narduzzi is the popular pick. He was there for a long time under Mark D'Antonio, and he's been at Pitt for a long time. Maybe he's looking for a change. He's obviously been trying to get into the Big Ten. I, I don't think Lance Leipold is a great name because I'm not sure he's the kind of guy that can – He's done well at Kansas. I don't know if he could do well at Michigan State. I don't know. Who do, who do you guys think would be like the realistic home run hire? And is a pretty good one, Pat. I I, I don't have a great one. So the, the, I was going to say Mike Elko from Duke because he's done such a phenomenal job building that program. But the, the thing is, Michigan State isn't a program that needs to be built from the ground up. They need someone yeah. to come in and just maintain its level. So you got to look for like a, a guy that's more established, like an Arduzzi would be, I think, slam dunk higher. I, I wonder about Elko if he's going to be at this point, if he's going to be high, a better, a bigger candidate in Michigan. I mean, we don't know what jobs are going to open, obviously, at this point, but he might have better options. Is that possible? Let me, uh, he's, he's at this point, he could be the best candidate on the market. So, sure. yeah, I just think Michigan State with the money. Uh, obviously they're willing to throw them at a coach. They do have money. Yes. It's, uh, always an attractive option. So that yeah. may, that may make a difference for, for whoever the hire is. And uh, with the divisions going away, there is more of a, cause before you're fighting Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state yep. for a division title. We talked about how it helps Rutgers. It helps Michigan state too. So maybe that job becomes more attractive and obviously they've had a success before they've won in recruiting. Um, it's certainly an attractive job. It's probably a second tier job in the big 10. Still pretty attractive. Here's here's a flyer. Is PJ Fleck lock, lock, uh, locked in at Minnesota? Wow, that feels lateral-ish, but I guess really it's not. It's contracted. I feel like they can get out of contracts, obviously, but man, that feels like a, a pretty sturdy contract. And he's not having a great year either. Eh. He's coached in Michigan before. He's been at Minnesota yes, a long time. He's tapped out that program because they're, they're just that 2019 year was the peak. They're never going to do that again. And again, he's proven that he can have success in the Big Ten and he can recruit. Like that's something Michigan State needs is a guy who can go out and put energy into this dead program, recruit. That's a great pick, Pat. I'm I'm liking it the more I think wow. about it. He's gonna row the boat right across the the Great Lakes. I love it. All right. All right. Before we do the pick, let's talk about uh, basketball media days. You were out there in Minneapolis, Brian. Um, your typical uh, dog and pony show, from what I can tell. I saw that you 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 made some TV time when Big Cliff stole the microphone and asked the the question of uh, of Steve Peichel. Well, what what are your what are your takeaways from from your experience out there? Yes, I made a cameo in a Rutgers basketball Twitter video mm-hmm. while during Steve Peichel's side session with the media. Thirty minutes, he was uh, interjected by a intrepid reporter, Clifford Amori, who asked a very important question: Which of between him and his two other teammates, Mawat Mag and uh, Andre Hyatt, had the best style? And I can't remember Steve Peichel's answer. I don't know who I would pick. 
I think he called it a tie, knowing Steve Peichel. It'd be great if you just slapped that microphone out of his hand. That's the aircraft and just knocked it onto the floor. That would have been awesome. I think he's uh, had his broken technology quota hit last year with his phone, which we still haven't asked him about. That was a big miss on my part. I asked Steve, where is your phone? Let me see it. But I'm sure that's locked somewhere in the Rutgers Athletics Museum next to his plaque that he'll get in a few years. Uh, Serious stuff. I thought it was uh, lightly attended is something that a couple of People have said, I would agree. I've only, I haven't been to many of these, but it feels like, I don't know if it's the location in Minneapolis. I don't know if it's just the general lack of need for it because teams are doing local media days. It just didn't seem like there was a lot of people, a lot of interest. Big Ten Ted, though, was there, and he got an exclusive five-minute interview with Commissioner Petiti. Pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Steve Peichel was Cliff Notes high on Andre Hyatt, thinks he could have a breakthrough senior season. You typically don't see guys have breakthrough years in their senior season, but Andre Hyatt is finally at a point where he's not competing with the old guard, Caleb McConnell, Paul Mulcahy, all these guys for minutes and you know a, a big role. So he's the guy now. He's the oldest guy in the room. He's the most proven guy in the room alongside Cliff O'Mori, obviously. So they believe he has a chance of having a big year. Steve Peichel, an interesting comment made a couple of times is that they're shooting the lights out of the ball, something about being a good shooting team. That obviously has been an issue throughout his ten- tenure. And if they could fix that, that's a big key in turning this running gun offense into a good offense. I think that's the one element they need. And uh, my biggest takeaway, personally, I got to go back to Matt's bar, have a Juicy Lucy, always my favorite part of Minneapolis. I love it. And I had a good good recommendation from Chris Corso, the SID of Rutgers Basketball, to go to Manny's Steakhouse at a lovely steak Sunday night. So thank you to, for that one, Chris. Juicy Lucy, here's a hot take, overrated. Pat, have you had one, tiebreaker? I tend to agree with you, Steve. I, I was not yeah. all that impressed. Just put the cheese yeah. on top of the burger. I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. Don't get it. Love Minneapolis, but that's just, sorry. It's my favorite road food. That you also saw the Mary Tyler Moore statue again. I saw this. Yes, that was great. <laughs> the origins of his nightmare in Minneapolis. Uh, beautiful. Wonder how this thing all started. The other take, the other thing I love, the one comment, uh, national, uh, Big Ten wide, was Tom Izzo saying, we got to win one of these, one of these days. And that is a great, I mean, you could say the last 20 years of just waiting for a Big Ten team to win a national title. And I don't know that they're any closer. I get, I get it all the hype around Purdue, but it just seems like the same Purdue team. I don't, you know, I, I get because Virginia lost in the first round, bounced back and won a national title. Maybe that'll be Purdue this year. I don't know. But for the most part, you know, you look at the, are, is there another title contender in the Big Ten? Michigan State. Tom Izzo says that every year, by the way. <laughs> he loves like, put, he, putting, it, yeah. he loves it. I think Michigan State could break it. They're bring back a ton, almost all of their key players from last year. They add a top 10 center who's going to be the backup, which is insane, right? Like imagine bringing a top 10 player and asking him to play backup minutes. They'll be really good. Tom Izzo feels like he is inching closer and closer to retirement and his opportunities to, he's talked a lot about wanting that second national title to solidify his legacy. The chances are running out. This feels like this might be his best chance yet. And look, I like Purdue a lot. I really think Purdue last year, the loss to FDU was obviously a fluke. It doesn't matter if it's a fluke or not. They lost. I get it. It was a fluke. I still think they were one of the five best teams in the country. <laughs> Didn't seem like a fluke at the time. I'll put it that way, the way they played. Right. I think the weight of expectation, that is killer. And once once, once you're losing to FDU and you feel like, oh my God, it's happening again. I think that they couldn't hit a shot. They could have been there all night and they wouldn't hit a three. Um, I think this year their backcourt is more experienced. They have the best player in college basketball. I just... I think Zach Eadie is good enough to carry them to a national title. I would not be surprised if Purdue won the national title. 
All right, here locally, Night Fest. What do we got? We that's tomorrow night. We know, and they should have called it Night Night. By the way, wouldn't that be great? It's Night Night, Night Night in Piscataway. Night Night. What do you got? It's I hear they had to change the rules because compliance took a look at this thing and said, "Whoa, whoa." I mean, that's not a big deal, I guess. Not a huge deal. The general skeleton of the night is still happening in that uh, fans could go out to the barn, pay to entrance. Money is going to. Rutgers basketball players, they'll still be able to interact with the players, get some autographs. Uh, well, certain people that pay for a VIP package can get autographs, but they'll be able to see the players. There'll still, still be a captain's forum where Cliff O'Mori, Andre Hyatt, Mwat Mag, and Steve Peichel will talk to the crowd. Um, but the players themselves can't participate in the on-court festivities, the three-point contests, uh, or a four-point contest, I think it said, stuff like that. Uh, compliance apparently clamped down on it. The, the killers of all fun clamped down and said they can't, I don't know if it's too much of a risk. I don't know if they just can't do it full stop, but whether it's out of an abundance of caution, which is the word that Geo Baker used in the tweet, no three-point contest from the Rutgers team. Apparently some alums are coming by to do it. I don't know who that exactly will be, uh, but it still should be a pretty big night and a night that they're bringing some of that really, really, really important recruiting visitors from the weekend to that event. Um, and it should be should still be an interesting night for sure. I mean, I understand why compliance does this, but then then you see like, you know, Kansas getting off with a slap on the wrist after seven years worth of investigations. You're like, guys, come on. I mean, are we really going to, but that would be totally the NCAA would throw the, throw the book at, at, at Rutgers for an October 13th event while, while letting Kansas skate. I get it. That that's still it's some, sometimes with stuff like that, you're like, really? Come on guys. What was that quote from that coach that said like uh, Kentucky committed recruiting violations yeah. so we're going to give a uh, death penalty to cleveland state i think Wasn't that's that it? it that's yeah. it that's it but yeah. i agree with you at this point they've proven that cheating is worth it a hundred percent so just cheat who cares what you take down the banner people saw it all right we're gonna make a pick let's do it let's do it so who goes first we're tied i i still think i'm last because i did i do have a, an l i do have an l in the in the you know the the ups to straight up so i'm gonna i'm gonna declare myself last place as tiebreakers go so you guys decide who goes first. I'll take it this week, Brad, since you've been going first. No. I appreciate it. Very gracious of you, Matt. Nice. So let's start this off with a little trip back in time to last year, East Lansing. Everyone was so high on Sam Brown at the time. He just got injured. And what happened? Kyle Manungai had his best game of his career. And it was this breakout game for Kyle Manungai. He ran for Big Ten record yards for Rutgers in a game I think it was like up in the 130s and Rutgers looked really good offensively it was probably the one game in the back half of the season that the Rutgers offense really clicked and that was probably because Michigan State had a bad defense all right back in the presence Michigan State's defense is a little better but I still like Rutgers chances to move the ball really well especially on the ground get a bounce back performance Monungai uh facing his old teammate Jalen Berger Michigan State running back is always an interesting storyline in this one. I just think Manunga is going to have a really big day, carry the load, and get Rutgers this much-needed win. So I'm going to go Rutgers 28, Michigan State 17. All right, so you're picking the cover as well. Got it. Okay. Like it, Brian? I think that coming off a bye, these guys have some pride. I think Michigan State will be in the game early. I think this is going to end up being another Virginia Tech Northwestern kind of deal where uh, Rutgers takes an early lead and slowly but surely sucks the life out of their opponent. I think there will be a big play of some sort, whether that's a pick six, whether that's a special teams play. 
I think Gavin Wimsett will bounce back, not throw an interception, not necessarily have a big game, but I think back to uh, the kind of play he had early in the season. I agree with Pat. I think this one running back will have a big game. Maybe Aaron Young gets some more run. Um, I'm not quite sure we're going to see the Sam Brown game just yet, but I think this will be a relatively comfortable win for Rutgers. I'll go Rutgers 24, Michigan State 13. Okay. Same scores last week, only with Rutgers winning. Okay, good. I, I'm I'm a little I'm a little worried about this game for Rutgers and uh um not gonna lie to you. I've been looking at the series. I know history doesn't matter for this year, but Michigan State has won eight of the nine games in this series, other than the game in East Lansing with five turnovers and Greg Shannon's first game back, which of course was the COVID, which was just everything was crazy. Yeah, I just think Michigan State's more talented. I worry about that. They haven't quite get it, that they, they haven't played well, they haven't quit. They're still playing hard. They were in the game against Iowa without the turnovers. That might have been a different result. Um, yeah, I, I just I've been looking at this a million different ways, and I think Michigan State's going to win. And I notice I make I make the pick. I pick against Rutgers when there's not a crowd of people who are going to boo me, like you did last week, right? You guys got booed. I can do it here in the safety of my own. Even Otis, my dog, is sitting here. He's not going to boo me. So I could do it in the safety of my own house. I just think it's just going to be uh, one of those moments where, you know, the, the, it's going to be a see how this team bounces back from this. Um, but right now I'm just not feeling it. I think Michigan State's going to win a close one, like 27-24. You threw your so Rutgers they, hat right in the garbage. Oh, my God. Well, that, that, that hat. That hat. That's a good photo of me, too. I'm happy. The red looks – I'm surprised. Red looked pretty good on me. I have not uh, – I don't have many red hats. And – today's day and age it's almost a little dangerous sometimes to wear a red hat but yeah i mean yes i like throw it away i'm taking i'm taking this party i might use that photo now instead of vin or in conjunction with vin if i make a vin pick for ruckers i'll <laughs> quote tweet it with the photo of you going thumbs up with the ruckers hat on uh it's great all right so there you go there's our picks there will be a change in the standings one way or the other either i fall behind again or i'm in first place <laughs> Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldridge is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. All right. Alumni game. Let's do it. This was great. My favorite part, speaking of the live show, when we did the live show, I really thought we're going to do this, you know, and there's going to be a room full of people pulling for Brian to get them right. Uh, quite to the contrary, it seemed like there's a room full of people eager to see you fail. I loved it. They were just so anxious. They didn't give you any hints. They didn't give you any didn't give you any rope. They thought it was too easy. They got angry when you were wrong. It was great. It was just it was wonderful to see people who who just didn't care. It really humbled me. And humbled. honestly, the, the it was funny at the end when you gave me the really the two hints on the final question and they yeah. and I got it right and people were saying it was too easy and it shouldn't count. I love it. Uh, this right. is the way I cover teams and I deserve to be covered the same way by the fan base. So I appreciate the banter. Yeah, the, the hint the hint was something like Jim Lovell. He's an 
Stronat. Yeah, like we were basically spelling. It starts with an A and ends with Stronat. That was the the hints were so at a certain point we were just kind of kind of laying it out there for you. Apollo thirteen. I thought that would be pretty obvious, but you went with you went with uh, at one point we said he at one point if you missed it last week we said that Jim Lovell was played by Tom Hanks in a movie and you went to he went to Castaway. <laughs> you picked like the seventh most popular Tom Hanks movie. Like what? Apollo thirteen. Forrest Gump was your second. <laughs> That's his most popular story. Damn yeah, I, I realized shortly after that Forrest Gump is a fake guy, but in the moment I was like, I got him. So that was fun. It was good. So the, the crowd was against you. I got to tell you, this week Michigan State, I thought for sure there'd be some good alumni, but really it's kind of like a lame, lame group of alumni. I don't know. So I think it's easy, but we'll see. Pat, I'm going to put it at six and a half. Oh, I know, baby. Let's going go. with your guy. There's nothing that can shake your resolve in your friend on the beat. I respect that. I admire it too. All right. For one point, <clears throat> can you tell me? And I'm not going to just, <laughs> I'm going to need, you're going to have to be, give me some more than just what he does for a living. Can you tell me who James Kahn is? James Kahn is an actor. He was in The Godfather. Absolutely. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Misery, Honeymoon in Vegas, Brian Song. Brian Piccolo and Brian Song. So yeah, okay, there you go. One point, good. I was a little worried, but I thought you'd get it. Two points. Can you tell me who Carl Banks is? Carl Banks, the d- former defensive end of the New York Giants. I'm gonna give. I mean, he was a former Giant. I mean, okay, linebacker. He's was, he was a linebacker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely, we'll give it to you. Linebacker Giants. Good. Good. <laughs> One of Michigan State players. Excellent. Is two he for two. In the Hall of Fame. Carl Banks? He is oh, not in the Hall of Fame. Right. No, no. There are some uh, Giants fans who believe he should be there, but when you've got Harry Carson and Lawrence Taylor both at his position who are in the Hall of Fame, it's going to be kind of tough for Carl. Was he a pass rushing linebacker at least? I don't think I would characterize him as a pass rushing linebacker. No, no. He was more of a, yeah. I mean, just a solid all around two time Super Bowl champion, great player. Commentator for the team, he does a great job as commentator. Uh, one of the, yeah, he's excellent in that role. So doesn't pull punches at all. Nope, two for two. All right, I think it'll be three for three. Let's see. Can you tell me who Chris Hansen is? The reporter for Nightline NBC, famously the host of To Catch Predator. That's there you go. That's These are easy. really easy. <laughs> This is easy this week. I don't know. I'm just telling you. I could have gone the other direction, gave you some obscure ones. But yeah, he's the guy who, when he rings your doorbell, you know you know your life is over. That's exactly it. Good job. Okay. Three for three. For the win. For the win. That's a little harder, but I think you might get it. Can you tell me who Tom Sizemore is? Four points. Tom Sizemore. Okay. So Grady Sizemore was a baseball player. Yes? Yep. I don't think they're related. Okay. So that tells me he's not a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Tom Sizemore. Is he can't be an actor because you already have an actor on the list, obviously. Um, well, and you wouldn't you wouldn't put two actors, right? Of course not. I mean, well, what what would stop me from doing that? I guess I don't know. I don't know. Logic, reason, common courtesy. <laughs> uh, let's go with my other option. He's a singer. No, I'm afraid not. He is an actor. Actually, oh! yes. He just died last year. I thought maybe you would remember that. No. Born on the 4th of July. He was in a, bu- a bunch of movies, character guy. He was the mobster voice in uh, Vice City, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I don't know if that game oh. is before your time or not. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. And finally, this is a this is a toughie, but if you gotta think, you gotta think about what's missing in this man's name when I give it to you. George Steele. What's missing in his name? Like a nickname, perhaps, that he's he's not just George Steele, he is George Steele. I, I mean, is he a politician? That's the only thing I can No, no, not a politician. No, no, no. Pat, you know, you know what you know who this is? An adult film star. <laughs> no. I, well, excuse me. I don't think so. I, I would think <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. That'd be a great name. He wouldn't even have to change it to get a, give himself a stage name. That's why, right. uh, you know, that's right. Yeah. He was missing the name. I should have got that. Should have yeah. got that. George. No, nothing. What is it? George, the animal steel wrestler, famed, famed professional wrestler. Uh, is a Michigan State graduate. Womp womp. <laughs> I, I look. I told you. I I thought I was giving you five relatively easy ones. So there were some obscure ones, other than you know, obviously Magic Johnson and maybe you know, there. But that's that's yeah, Michigan State coming up small with the alumni, not famous enough. Me too. Me too. There, there you go. All right. Well, good try. You got you. You were rolling. You were rolling. It hit a wall at the end, but I still I think it was a solid performance. I think you're setting the line a little bit too high these days. Six and you a half. think the line was too high? Should be five and a half. All right, man. As if you know, not easy enough already. Second week in a row. I'm. I'm now uh, I think probably 500. Literally said, he said, you wouldn't give me two actors. And I said, well, would I not give you two actors? And he still went with Singer. So well, you were okay. smirking. I couldn't tell what kind of smirk it was. I couldn't well, tell if it was a, you're proud of me right. for getting that right smirk or a, you're such an idiot. Yeah. You should know the smirk. Obviously, That's it was fair. black. That's fair. That's I'm fair. I'm just so proud you got James Conn. That was, that could have been a really disaster. Yeah. And I wasn't going to, if you said actor, I wasn't going to, no, no, you're going to have to tell me a role. I was, I was, I was going to draw the line in the sand there. And you did Godfather. Very good. Okay. Well, you said, nice. you said Khan. I thought it was spelled C-O-N. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? And then I realized it was C-A-A-N. I was like, ah, I know that guy. There you go. Excellent. All right. You got, you got something for me here? Little, yes. Little, get me some Zoomer. Get me some trash. Did you see, by the way, you, you sent it to me that there people are copying this bit. Sydney yes. Crosby. Yes. Sydney, NHL Sydney, Network. NHL, NHL Network. Network and use the, the same one, word. They use the word Riz. They use the word Riz with the number one pick yeah. this year's draft. They were playing back and forth. It was, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Sydney Crosby did not, in my defense, did not get Riz, right? He did not get it. Yeah. So it's not, and he's only 36. Right. Right. Export that NHL. We should sue them and make a life's worth of money. Yes, maybe they'll give us like you know the Arizona Coyotes for as, as as all right. You know, you win, you win the lawsuit. Here, take our shittiest team. All right, what do you got for me? Come on, I'll go first. Pat, is that cool with you? That's cool. All right, this one is fun. I don't know if you're gonna get mm-hmm. it. Do you know what a simp is? A simp, uh, like <laughs> be careful, Steve. Don't. You know, a simp is like uh, someone who's uncomplicated, you know, simple person. You're a simp. Hey, this guy's a simp. So I want to give you half credit. That was true in 1917 when it was the shortened <laughs> version of Simpleton. Yes, that's why I was trying to be careful. Yeah, so it's pretty but good. It's the new age. New, Zoomer, no, no, it's not because the Zoomer definition is. I'll read it from Wikipedia, so it's all PG. Oh, so we know it's true. 
Simp is an internet slang term describing someone who shows excessive sympathy and attention toward another oh. person, typically someone who does not reciprocate the same feelings in pursuit of affection or a sexual relationship. Essentially, a simp is a usually a male in pursuit yeah. of a female, desperately going after her despite the fact mm. that she keeps saying, leave me alone. I don't want gotcha. to date you. I've been a simp a few times in my life. Good to know. Okay. We all have. We all have. Not currently. Not currently simp status, though. All right. I'm 0 for 1. I'm not taking the 1917 definition. This word combines two millennial activities. Uh, one, our Zoomer segment, and one, social media. The okay. word is Finsta. Finsta? Okay. It's like when you are uh, really active on Instagram. Close, close, close. Like I'm a finsta. I'm like a. I'm a fashion. I'm a fashion person on Instagram. No, no, it's a fake Instagram. Oh, it's a fake Instagram. I should have known that. You were so, so close. Yeah. So if you get catfished, you're by a, finsta, a finsta. By a finsta. Oh, uh, if you got catfished by a finsta with Mad Riz, it would be understandable. <laughs> but I'm still not going to be sim to it. Nice, nice, simp. good stuff. Good Bam. Stuff. A Finsta can also be like if a uh, side private Instagram for your friends where you dump like more personal things that you don't want yeah. on your public Instagram. Um, you okay. were so close. You were so close. Uh, I was just, I, I knew Insta. I got just couldn't get the F. Oh, well. All right. I'm still not giving myself credit. I got to be better than that. Like, no, no moral victories here. If, if I'm not, if I'm not giving you the win, I'm not taking the win either. <laughs> all right. So we all lose. It happens. What else we got? We got uh, we got field hockey again. Not quite level, not quite riding, rising to the level of Candace Lanny, Although the people want her back, but not this week. Ohio State, they're number nine. They beat they beat Iowa. I saw they're good, right? They're, this is a big game. Hundred percent. They're all big games, Steve. But seriously, for them, they're all big games because they if they keep winning. They have a chance of winning a Big Ten regular season title, which is really hard to do in the Big Ten. So. Um, like they, I think we said this Monday, if they win this game, they're really setting up a path for a monster collision in the last two weeks against Iowa and Northwestern. All right. Uh, what else? Anything? I'll get Candace to watch the Michigan game and give her notes so she's ready for her next appearance. Good stuff. Last thing I just like, again, big recruiting weekend for basketball, Dylan Harper, Ace Bailey, Lathan Somerville, Bryce Dorch, Trey McKinney. A lot of big names. Is this the weekend that they clinch it? Maybe. You'd like to think so or like to hope so if you're Rutgers? Is there any chance that that's true? That he commits. That he commits. Yeah. I know we just had a story on our site. It was like uh, Dylan Harper updates his – Adam Zagoria. He didn't – I don't know who he's talking to, but didn't Dylan Harper didn't even for someone. It was like, oh, he updates his recruiting. And it's like, yeah, no, kind of was the answer to what he's going to – but it certainly did not sound like, you know what, I'm, I'm doing it this weekend. It was It was Yahoo. The, the, the Yahoo did a video interview while at the USA basketball camp this weekend or this week, I should say. And the, the quote is a bit misleading because it's the third time in the interview, in a five minute interview, he was asked, what are you going to decide? And the question was kind of like, is it going to be after Christmas? Is it going to be after the spring and, or after your high school season? And Dylan said, it could be after Christmas. It could be after, you know, my high school season. It could be whenever my gut says that I know the right place, I'll do it. Which look, Again, it could be after this weekend. It could be the week of signing day. It could be in the May signing period. I don't know. I think we've given up on trying to figure it out. But I think, I, I do think there is a chance. Like it wouldn't be impossible for him to commit before November. I would not be surprised. But if I had to bet, 
I'd bet it goes into the spring. He doesn't know. I don't, he don't think he know, like if either either he doesn't know, which I think is the very obvious. He just doesn't know where he, when he's going to do it, or if he knows, then he should be in the State Department because this then he is keeping like he's he he is a go. You hook him up to like some some serious torture devices, and he is not giving this away. Like he is good at this. I think he knows where he's going to go. I think he's deciding when and how to announce it. He wants this to be under his control. He wants to do it under his timing, not when people start crystal balling. So trying to figure that out is borderline impossible. But I do think he's having a lot of fun kind of messing with our heads and having ownership of his recruitment again. When you see Dylan Harper on Saturday, just shout at him, you're making my life miserable. I'd be speaking for myself and for a lot of people, believe me. But it's his recruitment, right? It's not his fault that there are thousands and thousands of people dying every day to know what a 17-year-old kid wants to do. So there's not going to be any big show there in 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 the barn. They're going to have like a, you know, 10 30 kids pull up their shirt to say Dylan Harper come to Rutgers or anything. I mean, what it, it, do we know of anything? It's not impossible. I'm mean, the ride squad has been pretty creative. Uh mm-hmm. they they had that nice banner for him Harper University in front of the student section before the Northwestern game. I wouldn't be surprised. The issue is I'm not sure if he'll be at Nightfest because he's traveling back from Las Vegas on Friday, and I don't know what the logistics are. I don't think he's at a point where he'd get a police escort from Newark Airport to Piscataway. It might be a little below that tier. Um, But if he does, at at worst, at the football game, I would be surprised if there wasn't something from the riot squad acknowledging his presence. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a we want Dylan chant at some point in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if Pat Hobbs walked over, said hi to him, all that good stuff. Uh, uh, you will monitor. You'll be monitoring every step he takes. It's great. You're pretty much a police song at this point. Every breath that kid takes, you'll he'll be watching you. You know what that is? I'm familiar with the police. Yes, of course. Message nice. in a bottle is a great all song. Right. There you uh, go. All right, that's all we got. We'll be. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be there to retell the whole thing. Michigan State Rutgers on Saturday. Brian will be there at Night Fest. Should be an interesting weekend in Piscataway. Looking forward to talking about it next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.